Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. Why don't you take your seat? I'm so glad you turned up this morning. Why don't we thank our worship band this morning? It's not an easy gig. Come on, thank them. It's not an easy gig. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad you turned up today and I wasn't the only one here. It's always good that people turn up to church expectant. Well, I'm excited this morning. Thank you, worship team. I'm excited to uh, wrap up this month's series, uh, Modern Family. And I'm uh, speaking this morning on a topic called parenting. And you know what? Our hearts, our hearts, church, uh, Christian and my heart, is to help you and equip you to do life better. And you know what? We don't know it all. We all make mistakes. We all stuff up along the way. But God, and I know from my life, and I want to encourage you that having God in the center of your life, in the center of your family, in the center of your relationships, in the center of your parenting, I tell you what, it will work so much better by His stripes, by His strength. Amen. And you know what? I'm up here today not just to say I have it all together. Sorry to disappoint you. Yes, your pastor does not have it all together. I am a human. We are humans. But my heart is to encourage you through my revelation, my convictions, and my relationship with God and the Word of God that all things are possible in your relationships, in your marriage, in your parenting. Amen? Come on. So why don't, if you are a Christian, you get out your Bible. I do have my Bible somewhere here. It's brown. And you know what? I'm going to hold it because the Word of God is good, even though I've got all my scriptures printed out and I can see them. But if you're a Christian, grab your Bible, grab your phone. You're allowed to grab your phone to take notes, not to get distracted and look at Facebook or Instagram or text messages. Hey, get a, get a pad, borrow a friend's pen. Do you know what? I'm a believer of continually learning and being a lifelong learner. And I want to encourage you, church, every time you turn, turn up to church, do not leave your house empty-handed. Bring the Word of God, okay? Bring your Bible, because you might want to go, that scripture's for me, I want to highlight that. Or bring a pad, get your phone out. I always, every message, I, I just have this revelation in my life, I'm a lifelong learner. Doesn't matter where I am, doesn't matter what service I am, I get my phone out, I click on notes, and I take notes. I even take notes through my husband's messages. And I'll tell you what, because if you're like me, it goes in one ear and out the other, then I can go back and go, what was that scripture? Yes, and apply it to your life. So let's be lifelong learners. Come on, who agrees with me? Yeah, two people, who agrees with me? Wonderful. Well, you know what? We're all at different stages of parenting. You know, some of us have little ones, babies. We have toddlers, preschoolers. Some of us have school-age kids, teenagers, or young adults. They're all grown up. Some of you are now grandparents. God bless you. You are amazing. We need grandparents. Some of you aren't yet parents, but I believe that today's message, you can all take away something. Something, some little gold nugget, you can take that away and go, God, I can apply that. You just answered that thing that was grieving my heart. So let's get ready. I'm excited for this word. But before I get into the message, I wanted just to share with you a few little parent parenting bloopers. Now, we all have a few stories, don't we? Yeah, we all have stories. So just to, to warm you up and just go, oh, yep, my life's normal. So is mine. But I just want to share a few little bloopers with you. So some of you might have heard this story, but a few years back, 
um, our youngest one, Zach, he was probably about two and a half. We were, uh, it was that time I had to pick up the older two from school and I was in a hurry and I said, Zach, we have to go. And he totally resisted. He sort of locked himself in the corner. Now, hello, I'm not a violent parent, so please don't take me to docks. But he was sitting in the corner. I said, Zachy, we've got to go. We've got to go. And he reached out. He's going, come on, we've got to go. And I pulled him up, not like forcefully. I, I wasn't angry. I wasn't fuming. I just pulled him up and I heard this click. And I was like, oh. And then he burst into tears. And I'm like, okay, you'll be right. We've got to rush to the car, put him in the car seat, drove to get the other kids. And he's crying his eyes out. And then he fell asleep. And I thought, it's all good. So I picked the kids up. We headed uh, uh, into, oh, on our way into Noosa. The kids had their activities for the afternoon. Zachy woke up halfway uh, into Noosa, and then he started crying again. And if you know my son, he has got a pain threshold of like zero. It's unbelievable. So for Zach to cry, there's something wrong. So he's crying, and my gut feeling was like, you know, the mother's intuition, something's not right. I pull over, I hop out. I said, Zach, can you move your arm? Can you do this? He's crying, and I just rang Christian. I said, I think I have to take him. To, I just, I wasn't like, you know, freaking out, like, you know, making something a big, bigger than it is. I'm pretty relaxed. I'm pretty calm. I've learned to do that after three kids. Took him straight to uh, the doctors, took him in, told her what happened. She said, yeah, you've dislocated his elbow. Oh, yes, I felt like the best parent on the planet. Anyway, the doctor did her thing, just popped it back into place. And what does mum do? Burst into tears. I'm so sorry. Anyway, that's just one little story. I'll tell you another one. Uh, when Noah was probably about maybe, oh, he was just over one, he was still crawling, and we lived in this house, it was a two-story house, it was an older house, we called it our little Dutch mansion, um, our plan was to renovate, but we, we didn't end up doing that, anyway, uh, I was downstairs, and we had gated the stairs, right, so you always gate the stairs, once they start crawling, because they can tumble down, but there was a back door in the play area upstairs and I had the doors wide open because it was a hot day and obviously hot air rises, it was really hot. Opened the doors and we had this veranda on the back of the house, it was quite old and then stairs that went down the side. Now this is a two-story house. So I went downstairs but what I'd done is I put bean bags and a whole lot of stuff just to barricade that back door thinking, you know, he won't get out. I've got the, the gate at the stairs, that's the most important thing. But... Uh-oh, no, who knows, once your kid starts crawling, yeah, they can go anywhere. I had a, a, a gut feeling, just go and check on Noah. You know, that mother's intuition, that thing. So I went upstairs, I pull out Noah, couldn't see him anywhere. I went into every single bedroom. No, there's no Noah. And I just went, oh my goodness, he's gone. He's gone out that, that, that door, there's an opening. He's gone to explore. I went, jumped over the bean bags, my little cushiony barricade, look down the, the uh, veranda and there's Noah sitting at the top of the stairs, just looks at me, smiles and I just went, oh my goodness, ran and grabbed him and I thought if I had been a couple of minutes later, there you go, that's where my son, come on, you're going to call docs on me, aren't you? I'll tell you one other quick story, uh, Ella was a baby, I was putting her to bed, we're in the same home, Noah was about four, he said, mum, I'm hungry, I said, sure babe, just go down and help yourself. And then I think it was probably about three minutes later exactly, I heard this almighty crash. And I, it sounded like the fridge had fallen because I thought he'd gone into the fridge. And I just went, oh, my goodness. I ran, go down. No, nope, fridge is still there. I turn and there's Noah hanging from the top of the pantry, right? Still, that was a miracle. It was still hanging on. 
All the other shells had come crumbling down and food had gone out of the pantry, you know, glass bottles all over the tiled floor. There was food, there was glass everywhere and he was still hanging going, hey, mummy, hey. And I'm like, great, Noah, <laughs> grabbed him. Obviously, you can imagine the cleanup of that. There was glass. Like, isn't it amazing when you hear a bang and a crash and then you actually go and investigate the, you know, actually what happened and it's worse than you, than, than actually the sound. So um, anyway, there are a few little little bloopers I wanted to share with you, all our parenting moments when we get distracted and we think that they're going to be okay. But anyway, let me read you this scripture in Proverbs 22 verse 6. It says, direct your children onto the right path and when they are older, they will not leave it. You know what? There is nothing more significant than raising a child and building a family. And you know what? I remember going back to when I was a first-time mom and we had our eldest son and I was 25. And I remember in those first few weeks, those first few months, I thought, this is my life. Oh, my goodness. Just waking up through the night, changing uh, nappies, uh, you know, feeding, putting him to sleep, rocking him to bed. Like, this is my life. It's mundane. Oh, my goodness. Look what I used to do. I've lost my life. I've lost everything that I want to do. And I had this moment with God and I thought I'm not significant anymore you know what I'm I'm just a mum I'm just a mum and I felt then and there God just totally convict me and give me that revelation Melissa you are still so significant it's not a matter of what you do but it's who you are and your significance in raising a child and bringing them up is the greatest gift that I will ever give you there is value there is worth, there is meaning to being a parent and raising your kids. And the moment I got that, I think it was about the six-month mark, I fell in love with being a mom. Not that I didn't love my child, not that I didn't love my firstborn, but I fell in love with being a mom. And you know what? Some of you here today, you might have little ones, older ones, and something you've always struggled with, you know, we all want a sense of meaning and purpose. And sometimes the mundaneness of life, and this is just... You know, it's Groundhog Day. It's Monday again. I'm Monday-itis. I still get Monday-itis. Uh, and, you know, all I'm doing is just the same thing. And, you know, the kids this and the kids that. But the greatest calling is to raise your children. The greatest calling is to be a parent and see them grow up to be healthy, strong, stable human beings, functional, not dysfunctional. Amen? Come on. Let me read you this. It says, a woman's function is laborious, not because it is minute, but because it is gigantic. I will pity Mrs. Jones for the hugeness of her task. I never pity her for its smallness. When we think small, when we think mundane, when we think insignificant about the role of mothers and fathers, then we are more likely to overlook the value of the work we do. Oh, that's good. You know what? Raising and parenting your children is one of the hardest things you will ever do, and it is, come on. But I tell you what, it's the most fulfilling and rewarding thing that you will ever do. As you know, grandparents, you never stop being a parent till the day you die. But that was part of God's purpose. He was into family. I know I spoke about a few, a few weeks ago. You know, I get this thing in me. It's like, Melissa, you have one shot at this. You know what? They're only at that age once in their life. It's not a dress rehearsal. You have one shot. But I'm not here to convict any of you today. You know, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And some of us have made mistakes in our parenting. But I tell you what, we have to work it out. 
But I tell you what, you can work it out so much better with God in the center, with God guiding your steps in your parenting, to, to ask God to give you wisdom, give you the tools, give you the strength to do the best you can and then give God the rest. I have that motto, God, I do the best I can and I give you the rest. You fill in the gaps that I miss out because I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to trip up. But God, you with your grace, you will fill the gaps, the things that I miss, the things that we miss as a husband and a wife in raising our kids. Amen. And you know what? My heart is to see my kids, but to see your kids raised up functional, you know, raised up with less issues as possible and knowing who they are and whose they are. Amen. Come on. You know what? I remember there was, you know, I've always been such, I would say, you know, a, a devoted, focused mum. You know, I have been blessed to be able to be a full-time mum. Christian made, the, made it possible for me not to have to go back to work too early on with the kids when they were young. And for the very first time in my life, this was tested. This was tested. My, my focus, my dedication, my attention on my kids was tested for the very first time a few years back when we moved from Sydney. We planted this church. Uh, we got it established, and I started to have to work again. And that was a shock for my kids because for, for the first time, they saw my attention divided. It wasn't solely on them. You know what I'm saying? And I remember very easily I got caught up. I got distracted. And for the first time in, in our parenting journey, Christian said to me, Melissa, you need to stop and you need to focus on what's important right now. And I nearly like fell over. I'm like, you're saying that to me? I've been saying that to you for many years. You know, I've kept the balance. I've kept him, you know, drawn him back in. And I felt like it was a kick in the guts. But you know what? It was a good kick in the guts because I would prefer to learn that lesson then than before it was way too late and my kids start resenting me. You know what I'm talking about? And so I just had to shift things. I had to prioritize my time. I had to go, you know what, that can wait. Right, my kids are important now, right now. I need to focus on being a mum. You know what, I can pick that up later. Recognize how the quality of your parenting affects the health of your children. Oh, that's a good one. And your family. It's like a pebble being dropped into a pond and the ripple effect, right, how it reaches out. To, to, to the future, you, know, you want to know what I'm saying? You drop a pebble in a pond and there's that ripple, okay? It's like the quality of your parenting. How does it affect the health of your children long term? You know, I want my kids to remember that I was fully present, that I was there, that other things weren't more important than them. And who knows, all parents here, that's tested at times, isn't it? Yeah, that is tested at times. But knowing that, that you are fully present at that moment. As your kids get older, so our eldest Noah, he now, you know, he's entering his teenage years. He's so switched on and he's like a good little reminder. Mum, you're not listening to me. And I'm like, you're right, I'm not. I'm fully present now, Noah. I'm with you. You know what? We need those reminders because we can easily get distracted. I love my kids. But do you know what? I love that my son can say that to me and that I don't react at that comment. I go, you know what? You are right, babe. I am so sorry. I'm fully yours. I'm with you. Come on, let's talk about that thing. What do you want to say to me? Who knows what I'm talking about? See yourself as the most influential and inspirational person in your child's life. As you know, when your, your kids are little and they're bubbies, right? 
and they're, you know, toddlers, preschool, they so rely on you. But as they grow up, they become less and less dependent on you. And they start looking to their peers, they start looking to their friends, they start looking to their school friends and other people that, that influence them that maybe might be more inspirational. But when I read that, I go, you know what? I want my kids to come to me. I want to be their greatest influencer. I want to be their greatest inspiration no matter what age they're at because they're going to be pulled. They're going to be, be drawn towards other things. But I want my kids to be influenced by me. I want them to come to me and I want them to look at me. I, I'm so inspired by my mum and dad. I want to run to them first. I want to ask them questions before I ask my friends questions. I want to ask my mum and dad those questions before I maybe go and Google it or go on Instagram. Come on. You know what? But today, that was my intro. Come on, i got time. i got so much in here, but I'm excited. I just want to share a few keys that I have learned along the way so far, okay? I haven't arrived. My kids are still young. I have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an almost 7-year-old. But I, my heart today, I just want to share with you a few revelations and convictions that I have learned thus far in raising my kids. So if you've got your pens out, if you've got your phone out, number one is keep striving to be a better parent. You know what? I say that to myself. I don't want to be the same. I remember early in the year when I talked about you look at yourself at the beginning of the year, January 2017, and when you get to the end of the year, December 2017, I don't want to look back and go, I'm still the same person I was in January. I want to have grown. I want to have changed. I want to have enlarged. And I want that for my parenting. I want to keep striving to be a better parent, a lifelong learner. You know what? We all make mistakes. We all stuff up at times, but we can learn from those mistakes. We can always do something better, can't we? Yep. You know what? Because every single life, your children, those beautiful gifts that have been entrusted to you. In Proverbs 2, 2 to 7, I love this. Proverbs 2, 2 to 4, sorry. Tune your ears to wisdom and consecrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. Search for them, sorry, and ask for understanding. Search for them as they would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasure. You know what? This is something that I've always done. I like to self-evaluate. It's a good thing to self-evaluate. And there's times when I'll stand back in my parenting with my kids and I'll go, okay, it's like stepping outside of your body and observing uh, the way you parent, yeah, at times. So it's like stepping back and going, okay, how could I have dealt with that better? How could I have controlled that situation a little bit better? It's good to self-evaluate. You know what? It's like it's being, that you know, scripture after scripture in the Word of God, humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself and go, you know what? I made a mistake. You know what, kids? I'm sorry. Hey, I'm going to try and work on that as I would encourage you to work on that. You know, self-evaluate. That's just a great lesson in life to always self-evaluate in your relationships. Because the amount of people that I have met, they are always right. You know those people? They are always right. They've always got the answer. They've always got the opinion. But I want to encourage you that we can learn from each other. Be a learner. Self-evaluate. Because I tell you what, life will work so much better. Have a teachable heart, a teachable spirit. You know, I want to encourage you to keep learning. Keep reading books. Keep educating yourself in your parenting, in your marriage, in your relationships. There's so many good things out there. You know, some things that I just don't know and I'm like, right, 
you know what, I'll find a great book and I'll, yeah, that's just what I needed to hear. You know, I on my phone have uh, an app called YouVersion app. You've heard me talk about that before. It's a great uh, Bible reading app. And on there, there is um, you, you can put in any topic that you want to read about, you want to have a devotional about. There's everything under the sun. So I do that with my parenting. So I've got some amazing um, topics on parenting, and it has a devotional reading and amazing scriptures that you can read, that you can apply, that you can speak over your kids. Some of them I've got on my phone, 12 huge mistakes parents can avoid. I'm like, I want to read that one. Come on. Uh, no More Perfect Mum, Unshakable Mums, Uncommon Dads, Christian, this one's for you, Marriage and Family Life, Seven Keys to Great Parenting. There's so many. If you don't have this app, get this app, version. And you know what? It's got scriptures. It's got a, like a daily reading. I'm like, yep, that's just fuel for the soul today. I just needed to read that. I can conquer this parenting job. Amen. Number two, model right. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instructions that comes from the Lord. You know what? Your kids are watching. Parents, your kids are watching. They're watching how you react. They're watching how you speak. They're watch, watching how you respond. They're like little guinea pigs. They chew up every little thing they are watching. And even from a young age, you don't think, you think, oh, no. I'll tell you what, they are watching. And you see that unfold more and more. Model right to your kids. I want to be the best role model to my kids. Again, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to get it right. But I want to model right. You know what? We're all raised differently. We're all raised in different homes. Some of us not so great homes. Some of us amazing homes. And by default, you find you parent out of how you were raised. You know what I'm talking about? You do. It's just something. But I know along the journey, this thing that Christian and I have had, I've said, yeah, we've come together. You know, Christian, you were raised this way. I was raised this way. No way is perfect, but we can bring that together and make work what works for us, right? So, you know, I grew up in a home where uh, we communicated a lot, okay? So we'd sit down and we'd talk through stuff. We were the communication family, you know, like this. Christian, on the other hand, not necessarily, with due respect, didn't grow up in a home. They pretty much kept a lot to themselves. Okay, I grew up in a home where we were disciplined, but, you know, it was quite soft. Christian, on the other hand, grew up in a home where discipline was like, right, you don't do what you're told, you don't eat, you go to bed, I'll see you in the morning, and the stick was out. Like, serious. So we'd come in and go, okay, well, right, maybe that's not necessarily the the right way and that's not necessarily the way but let's bring that together God help us how we can maybe there's a few little dysfunctional things in my side a few little dysfunctional things in his side God has show us how we can parent the best we can and model right you know what I'm talking about you know I want to encourage you to model your parenting off the word of God and the father's heart that is the best guide what is the father's heart for you and your family there's scripture after scripture that you can model to raise your kids no matter what age, no matter what stage. Some of you here today, your kids are older, they're out of home. But can I say it's not too late. It is not too late. You can pray. You can bridge those gaps. You can make things right. You might say, Melissa, yeah, 
I, I, I stuffed up. There's certain things we didn't do right, but it's not too late. It is not too late. Number three, what voice is louder? What voice is louder? Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I want to encourage you today, let God's voice be louder than the world's voice. And at times, that is in contention. It's like, here's God's voice, here's the world's voice in your parenting. You know what it's like? Are you, are you constantly listening to the voices of all those school mums? All those school mums and what they're doing and what they're allowing their kids to and you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, well, that's what they're doing. I'll just let my kids do that. The world's trends, just because everyone is, you don't have to. And this is just something that I'm just sharing with you today. No condemnation in Christ Jesus, but my conviction. You know what? There's trends. There's things that everybody else, that those school mums, those school dads allow their, their kids to do. They allow their kids to watch whatever they want, but you don't have to. They allow their kids to stay over at anybody's house. Doesn't matter if they don't even know the parents. They might not even know the dad, but that's okay because that's what everyone's doing. Sleepovers are the thing to do, right? Or I'll just let my kids have a phone or have social media. It doesn't matter what age they are. Just because everyone's doing it, it's the trend. But let me read you this. It's a quote from Thomas Fuller. A wise man may look ridiculous in the company of fools, but I don't know about you. I want to be a wise person that maybe looks a little bit ridiculous. Okay? I prefer to be ridiculous than a fool. I want to say that again. I prefer to be ridiculous than be a fool. And in that, Proverbs 28, 26 says, those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Just use a little wisdom, parents. Just a little. I'll, I'll, I'll just throw that one out there. Just a little bit of wisdom. It will help you. God's voice, louder than the world's voice. We can apply that into our own world. There's pulls. But I know at times I need to stop. I need to reassess. And I go, is that going to be good? Are my kids going to cope with that? No, they're not. Let his voice be louder. Tune your ears to the wisdom from the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be a, the smartest cookie on the street. But pray for wisdom. Pray for that gift of wisdom in your life. It will save you heartache. It will save you a lot of mess to clean up later on. He knows what I'm talking about. Come on. Number four, choose your words. Oh, choose your words. Let me read this. Ephesians 4.29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Okay, some of you know who you are right now. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So that your words will be an encouragement to your kids. So that your words will be an encouragement to your spouse. So that the words will be an encouragement to that relationship. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft and gentle and thoughtful answer turns away wrath. But harsh and pain, painful and careless words stir up anger. Oh my goodness, so true. You know when you're in those moments 
you're disciplining your kids, stuff's happening. It might even be in your marriage or relationship. And it's heated. And oh my gosh, all those choice words are just coming onto your tongue and it's called self-control. I'm either going to make the situation worse or, I don't know about you, I make a decision. I need to calm down so I need to walk away from my child right now because I might say something I will regret. I don't want to be known as a psycho mum. Oh, mum. You know, my mum, she's a psycho. You know, like my mum. Is your mum a psycho? Oh, yeah, see my mum when she gets really angry. She's a psycho. Like, I don't want to be one of those psycho moments. I've had those moments, church. I have had those moments. Oh, my goodness. You know what? Your kids get you so worked up. The blood is boiling. I feel like my, my I don't have blood issues. My, I mean, what do you call it? Um, blood pressure issues. But I feel my, I feel my blood pressure like lifting and uh, getting really stressed and out of control. I have had moments where I feel out of control, like out of control, and I have yelled at my kids, and I've been a psycho mom, and I'm like, what the heck? Is that you? No, that's not you. That wasn't you. That was the other Melissa. No, come on. I'm not the only one. You know what I'm talking about. You know when you go into the supermarket, and you're walking down the aisle, and you see that particular poor mother, and she's struggling, but she doesn't really use choice words. She's not choosing the right words. Shut up, you stupid child. You're painful. And I feel like stopping and going, not to judge, but to encourage and to help and say, I know what you're feeling, darling, but you decided to have that child. You decided to give birth to that child. You wanted children. Can I just help you rephrase that? Can you please stop yelling, okay? Please stop, please stop yelling because it is annoying me and you're being really disrespectful. Just rephrasing it. Come on. I know my Zach, our youngest, as he's getting older, yes, he's our highly spirited child. As a beautiful member in our church, help me rephrase what I would say. See, we can learn from each other. And certain behavioral patterns that we're just working on getting a top of because that's part of his temperament. And he's starting to see that he doesn't like that in himself, which is a good thing. Because do you know what? I've said, God, I do not know what to do. I've tried everything. So do you know what? Instead of complaining about it and talking about it, I've been praying about it and saying, God, I pray into my beautiful boy. He has got an amazing future. I don't know what else to do. We have tried every tactic. But God, I pray for him. I pray for that thing that he struggles with and that we struggle with just honing in and disciplining him. And he started to recognize it. So when he's reprimanded for his behavior, he'd say, you all hate me. You all hate me. Mom, you hate me. No, you hate me. And it's a bit of an attention thing. And I'll just let him say it. I could say, yeah, yeah, we do hate you, Noah. I mean, Zach, sorry. Noah, yeah, right. I would never say that to my kids. But he... He says, you all hate me. I said, sweetie, we don't hate you. We love you. And you know that. Oh, my goodness. We love you. We just don't like that behavior. And it's like he's recognizing that in himself because he doesn't like it. And that's a good thing. And I keep praying into that but choosing the right words. I remember just recently we were at a surf comp and uh, our eldest was, uh, was in this competition. He'd made it, um, you know, through the school uh, districts and then to regionals. And uh, there was this kid surfing. We saw, I saw this dad standing. I thought, yeah, he's a surf dad. He's like right in there. He knows what he's doing. 
and his kid came in. He did great. He made it through the semifinals. And then, you know, an hour later, he was out there surfing again. And he came in, and obviously, he didn't do as well. He didn't make it through to the next round, which is the finals, and then get selected to the state team. And I saw the dad standing there because he was just like watching, you know. I mean, you do. You cheer your kids on. But as the kid walked up the stairs, and the dad sort of stood back, and he goes, what was that? And he just looked at him. He goes, that was hopeless. He said, you weren't sitting in the right spot. The waves were breaking here and you were over there. And the kid just dropped his head and he said, Dad, I was, he was all of 13, 12 or 13. He said, Dad, I did my best. And he goes, I don't think so. Oh, and everything inside of me just wanted to grab that kid and say, you know what, buddy, I know you did your best. And you know what, there's many other times to come. But I tell you what, choose your words. Encourage your kids. Don't be disappointed in their efforts because I say to my kids, all I expect is for you to know that you've done your best and that is the most important thing. I am proud of you no matter what grade you get. If I know you've done your best, it doesn't matter what result you got. If you got first, second, last place in that race, I know that you've done your best and I'm going to cheer you on right to the end. Come on. So many more people need to hear that. Choose your words. Number five, discipline. The D word. Oh my gosh. We all need a little bit of spanking every now and again, don't we? Even as an adult. Come on, let me read you this. Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I love that scripture. Write that one down. Actually, write all those scriptures down that I've said. They're good. I love them. You know, as I said before, that as your kids get older, it, you think it gets easier, but actually no, because they will argue with you. They will question things. They will manipulate. They will make you feel bad. You know what I'm talking about. You know, when they're little, it's a little bit of a spank and you know what, and then off they go. But they don't know how to back chat and they don't know how to question you. But discipline, as you know, all your kids have different temperaments. It's not the same, right? Not one, one size fits all. It's not the, you can't discipline all your kids the same because they're all different. They all have different love languages. They all have different ways of coping and responding. So it's finding their temperaments. It's like you get two kids in a situation, the same situation. Because of their temperaments, they're going to respond differently. They're going to cope differently. And I know that with all my kids. And even like sometimes you see your child as they grow and they deal with the situation so much differently than you do. So I know like my Ella, where she's similar to me in certain ways, but other ways she's not. And it's taken me years to get it. I'm like, just get over it, Ella. Just like, you'll be right. Come on, just toughen up, babe. That's in love, not to get over it. But come on, sweetie, you need to toughen up a bit. Come on. And it's like, that's not her. She needs her hand to be held. I need to keep instilling confidence going, okay, let's just slowly walk that out. You know, it's, she's different to me. So I've had to stand back and go, all right, this is Ella, this is Noah, this is Zach. They all cope differently. Who knows, remembers that show. So I might be showing my age. I know I'm not the oldest one in this place. Actually, we didn't say happy birthday. Someone celebrated their 40th birthday this week. The Brad, Brad Webb. Happy birthday, Brad. 4-0. Welcome to the 40 Club. May's a good month. Anyone else born in May? Anyone else? May. Beck Holiday uh, celebrated her birthday yesterday. Come on, happy birthday. I'm just getting sidetracked. Anyway, 
back to back to my message. So when I had Noah, who remembers? So he's 14 now. He's 25. Who remembers the show Super Nanny? Do you remember Super Nanny? Super Nanny. Now, as a first-time mum, oh, that was the best show ever. I gleaned onto every little thing that that Super Nanny did because as Noah entered into like that two-and-a-half, three-year-old stage, the discipline thing had to kick in, right? I'm like, I got no idea. So call the Super Nanny. That show, I was that was my lifeline. Super Nanny, actually, she could just come into my home right now. So I remember trying one of her things called, you know, Time Out on the Step? Like that one. So we tried it. Noah, on the step, you're free, three minutes. And he thought it was a game at first. I'm like, no, 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 three minutes on the step. So I had to stand there with him and just not look at him. Three minutes. That's the longest three minutes of my life. Anyway, after a while, he, he, you know, he called on. I was able to put him on the step. I was able to walk away and continue with what I'm doing. Then come back and say, hey, babe, you know why I set you on the step and talk it through, right? Follow through. Discipline. You put that into place, but then always come back and follow through with love and encouragement and why you had to do what you do. I have to say to my older two now, like, you're so mean, mum. You're the most meanest mum in the world. You're so unfair. And I'm like, you know what? I'll drive you to a mean mum's house right now. And then you'll come back and go, mum, you're the best mum. No, they, I know they love me. But they just, you know, they throw those words on you, manipulate, manipulation. I like that one. No. But... You know, they're good. They're actually really good. So I have to have different uh, uh, strategies. And I have to say to them, you know what? We all need disciplining. Even as a full-grown adult, I need to be spanked every now and again. Like, come on, wake up, pull it together, girlfriend. Because my job as a parent is to discipline you and raise you to be a functional, good human being. It's scriptural, hey? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained in it. Come on. You know, like, say, the timeout thing worked for Noah, but the timeout thing on the step hasn't worked for Zach. He's a totally different temperament. He's a totally different child, right? If I put him on the step, which I've tried for a long time, I have to chain him to the step or pin him down. He's, too, he's stronger than me, so we've had to go... Okay, God, what do we do? We need to put him in his room and shut the door because he's got so much emotion and frustration. He's got to let it out in a separate place. We've had to learn that. But being consistent. Now, I'm preaching to myself because that's a hard thing. Disciplining your kids is exhausting. And it requires patience, doesn't it? Being consistent and it will pay off, right? So something that I've had to learn. I just want to throw this one in. Don't judge another parent. We're not called to judge because you don't know what they're struggling with. Do you know the best thing we can do? We can actually pray for another parent. We can pray for them. We can pray for their kids. And I want to actually just put this out to you. Let's be a church. We are a family. Let's pray for each other and our kids. Let's pray, God, I pray for my girlfriend. I pray for her kids. You know what? I pray whatever areas they're struggling with, God, we give them to you. Let's be a church that works together, not points the finger and go, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, you know what? Hey, 
None of us are perfect. We do our best. Let's be an encouragement. Let's be an encouragement to each other. Come on, let me read you this. Discipline brings hope, life, peace, and character to a child because it drives out foolish notions such as the world revolves around me. I am the most important. I must have my way. No one else matters. Through loving discipline, a child can take the focus off him and look outwards to develop empathy. You know what? It's even good for, for ourselves. I go, yeah, I'll take that on. Come on. Discipline brings hope, life, peace, and character. Number six, quickly. I'm almost there. I've got six, set ten points. Oh, it's a good one. Number six, don't be one-eyed. Don't be one-eyed to your children. My kids are perfect. They never do wrong. You know when they get into situations, they might have a moment with a friend or something happens with a, with a teacher, and you, you believe everything your kids say because you're for your kids. You go into bat for your kids. You know what? We are one-eyed at times. But sometimes we need to stand back and go, okay, there's two, t- two, two sides to a story. And I'm always teaching my kids that. I go, you know what? I hear you and I believe you. But I know that there's always another side to this story. And sometimes it takes that humbling ourselves. You know, the good old parent-teacher interviews. Don't go in there going, yep, well, my kid's perfect. And then they, the teacher might say something and you're like, no, that's not true. I don't agree with you. Be open. Because they're seeing your kids in a different situation. I'm like, and I always say to parents, you know what? My kids aren't perfect at all. So I hear what you say and I take that on board. Thank you very much. I don't go into defense. There's times when you have to go into bat for your kids. But do it peacefully. Do it work out. I say to my kids, you know what? You might have not been the wrong, but you can still say sorry. It's okay. You know, you can still say sorry. Hey, I'm so sorry I upset you. Be the bigger person. That's what I teach my kids. Even in my marriage relationship, my relationships, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're upset with me. Even if even you're trying to work out, what did I do? I actually didn't do anything. Okay, that, that, that might be the issue. But you know what? I'm sorry. Help your kids bridge the gap. Okay? I was going to share another story, but I won't go there. Actually, no, I need to share this one. This is a good one. So uh, a few months back, uh, this has actually never happened. I was so shocked. Ella comes running to the door. She's like, mommy, mommy, um, uh, Zach's just having a moment outside with the neighbors, and uh, which is becoming less and less. He's just very highly competitive, our son. He's always got to win. He's always got to be the best. And he had this moment with a little girl, and he said, oh, I don't like your dad, because he'd said something. I don't like your dad. And she's like, oh. <gasps> So she runs inside, goes into the garage and went to shut the garage door and Zach rides the bike and he's pushing the wheel underneath the garage door to stop her from going inside and telling her dad. So Ella runs in. I went, oh my goodness, here we go again. Patience, cool, go out, can't find Zach. He's hiding behind a car because he knew he did something wrong. So anyway, I'll tell you the short version. I go sit behind the car with him, making every excuse under the sun talked it through, said, no, Zach, I, I, I don't care what, ha- well, I do care what happened. I said, but you were disrespectful. And I said, and you don't speak about another person's dad like that, okay? So we talked the whole thing through. Then I had to convince him, right, you need to go and say sorry. Not just I reprimand him and bring him inside. No, you have to go and apologize because I'm teaching him something, right? So I got 
his confidence up. He so didn't want to. Anyway, I got him to the front door and he goes, but he's going to get more angry at me. I said, you know what? No, he's not. I said, because you've come to apologize and I'm going to be standing with you. Got him at the door. He came out. The dad said, hi. And I said, it's hi. And we know. We got to know our beautiful neighbors. We all know how our kids are. And he looked up at him and he said, I'm sorry. And I said, do you want to say anything else? And he goes, yeah, I'm sorry. I was very disrespectful and I shouldn't have done that. And we walked away, all finished, and I went down to Zach. And he's like, right, you're in your room, and that's it. You can have, you know, half an hour not playing outside. I leant down, and I said, Zach, I'm so proud of you. I said, for one, you looked him in the eye, and you said, I'm sorry, and you took responsibility for what you did, a lesson learned. And I tell you what, the more I've done that, the less and less I see that behavior. Number seven, teach your kids manners. You know what, you think, yeah, yeah, teach your kids manners. But I tell you what, sometimes we forget those things. Exodus 20, 12 says, honor your father and mother. When you, then you will live a life, a life, a long, sorry. Then you will live life, a long, full life in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. You know, those simple things. Romans, at the end it says, Romans 13, 7, 8, at the end it says, and give respect and honor to those that are authority. It's like in that moment with Zach, I said, you need, you know, I saw him look at someone in their eyes. He knew he'd done wrong. Teach your kids to look at people. Teach your kids to look at adults. You know, you don't need to look down. Look up. It's okay. It's a good thing to teach your kids. Just teaching them the simple things, please and thank you. And you know what? That always comes out of my mouth. Even when I'm reprimanding my kids, I say, you know, you shouldn't have done that, but I need you to please. And then I'll go back afterward and thank you for doing that. You know, I remember growing up, my mum always taught me whenever someone gave me a lift home, you hop out of the car and you say, thank you for the lift. Thank you for having me when they leave their home. Something that I've always done that stayed in me that I've trained my kids from a young age. And now we're finding our eldest, I don't even have to remind him, and just a little brag moment, he is commended for the most beautiful manners. And I tell you what, to me, that's better than winning a, 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 you know, winning a running race. To, for me to hear, gee, your kid has such great manners. See, he's so polite. I see him go up to him and say, hi, how are you? Nice to see you. I'm like, you're 14. Some 30-year-olds don't even do that. Just the simple things. Please and thank you. Manners. You know what? The table manners. I remind my kids constantly. Say, like, it's more, it's more Zachy but he's the youngest, it's like, sit with, you know, like, don't sit half on the chair and eat your food. Just bring both legs around, darling. You know, eat nicely. Then when you're finished, just put your knife and fork together. Those simple things. I say, if my grandparents were here right now, oh, my goodness, they would be furious. What do you mean? You know, they just share about the generations that always dress up for dinner. We're sitting here in our trackies and pajamas, but that's okay. Just those simple things. You know what? No phones. Switch your phones off. Don't eat, eat in front of the TV. The, the, the table is a sacred place for your family because what that is, it's conversation. You connect with your kids. How was your day? Tell me about that. And teaching your other kids to listen and then share. It's such a special, sacred thing. Amen. You know what? Really, really quickly. Number eight, prioritize the house of God for your kids. Prioritize. Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You know what? We always have things on, but church, church is your lifeline. 
and it will be your lifeline for the kids and your kids, and they will thank you one day for it. More is going into their little lives than you think being brought into the house of God. Even in worship, you know, they might be talking and giggling and chatting, but the presence of God, them being surrounded, little seeds are sown into their lives that are going to set up for, the, for their teenage years, their young adults' years, prioritizing, bring them in the, in the house of God and encouraging godly relationships. They're going to have their school friends, they're going to have their sporting friends, but encourage uh, godly relationships, like-minded families, encourage those relationships for your kids because sometimes they'll feel alone. But you know what? If they know they've got great relationships in church, they won't get drawn, you know, the other direction with what everybody else is doing. You know what I'm talking about. Really quickly, I'll tie this one together. Point number nine and 10, have a vision for your kids and pray and speak the word of God over them. Psalm 112.2 says, Their children will be mighty in the land. The generations of the upright will be blessed. And pray, Ephesians 6.18, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert, wisdom, and be persistent in your prayers. You know what? Prophesy over your kids. Speak over their life. Declare what you want to see. Claim it for them. You know, we, need, we, we tend just to live in the now and in the moment. And especially when you have little ones, it's like you can't see beyond that day. You can't see beyond the end of the week. As they get older, it gets a little bit easier. You know what I'm talking about? But still, ask God, give me your, your heart for my kids. See a vision for them. You know what? I have my moments when I pray for my kids on my walk. I walk up, I've got my prayer mountain, and I'm praying about a lot of things. But every time I pray and I speak and I, I declare things over my kids, I go, I, I, Noah and then Ella and then Zach, I'm speaking, I'm prophesying, I'm open heaven over their lives. I know what they're struggling in with, and I speak into that. God, give me a vision. Lord, I see them leaders to their generation. I see them in the house of God. God, you are bringing amazing friends around them. Lord, that they're not going to be torn. They're going to know you all the days of their life, even when they struggle. God, that your voice will be so much louder in their, in their head than the world's voice. You need to cry out. You need to speak it and fight for your kids. What they will be tomorrow will largely depend on what you are do, sorry, doing today. Amen. And in, in my final words here, Celebrate the fact that parenthood has made you lay down your own life and die to the things you want to find your new life has deeper meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. But celebrate that you are leaving a lasting legacy and, and that what your children and grandchildren will be in the future largely depends on what you do in the present moment, the now. Every single day, smile be proud and celebrate. Come on, let me finish. Why don't you stand to your feet? I want to read this last scripture. If you think it is wrong to serve the Lord, choose today whom you will serve. Choose the gods your fathers worship on the other side of the river or choose the gods of the Amorites in, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And I want to encourage you today, let that be your prayer. 
for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We will be in the house of God. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands to heaven if you're a parent here today, if you're a grandparent here today, if you're with your spouse, why don't you hold their hand? Come on. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word that comes forth. And God, I pray that every single gold nugget, Lord, that that I have spoken today, Lord, that you've put on my heart to share, every scripture that has been spoken, God, I pray that that will penetrate into every single parent's heart. God, you give them the tools, you give them the wisdom. God, there might even be some little things right now that you are speaking to them too, that they might need to shift up or they think, you know what, I need to just to read up on that or I need to just confide in another person or I need to ask someone to get alongside and just pray with me. God, I pray that we will be a church that can partner together and we can help each other raise our kids to be functional kids in society today. God, they know who they are and whose they are in Jesus' name. Just bless every person today, even if they're struggling. I just want anybody here today, your kids might be, you know, in those young adult years or even teenage years and they're struggling. They've maybe made some mistakes and that is just pulling on your heartstrings today. You have grieved and you have cried. You know what I want to do right now? I want to pray with you. If you have a child that is far away from God, is struggling in some areas that might have some addictions or that they're not in a great relationship with every eye closed right now. Can you just lift your hands for me? And I want to pray. Yeah, awesome. I want to pray and I'm going to pray and call them back. Come on. Don't give up. That's what I say. Don't give up. Susanna, don't give up. Speak. Speak the Scriptures. Speak the Word of God. You know what I see? In your home, you need to cover your home. And I feel like God's going to give you a scripture for your family. And that you are going to go around and you're going to speak that scripture. Plant, place your hand on every wall in your house, right? And declare it over your family. Just lift your hands to heaven again, those just need prayer for their for their kids. You know what? They might be full-grown adults. Also, I just see bridges being gapped in relationships, parent-children relationships that might not be so great. I want to pray right now for restoration in those relationships and forgiveness. So any of those things that I've touched on, I want you to lift your hand right now. Come on, lift your hand. You know what? This, come on, lift your hand. Even if just like, Melissa, I just want prayer just for wisdom and for godly guidance in my my parenting. I'm a person that will always be on the altar. Like, come on, God, I need more. I need more. I need your help. I need your help. Come on, church. Come on. Why don't we all pray together? Just one last time as I finish. God, I thank you right now. God, I thank you for those kids that are far away from you. Lord, they've maybe made mistakes. God, but we call them back into the name of Jesus. God, I pray, Father. Lord, there might be addictions. There might be things, Lord. We pray and we break it in the name of Jesus. Lord, we might not see it happen now, but God, through through you, all things are possible. God, I pray that every single parent, their hearts are grateful.
grieving. Their hearts have been through so much sorrow from their kids. God, you know their heart. You know what they've struggled. And God, I pray that they will not give up. Lord, they will not give up. They will find that scripture and they will speak it. They will declare it. They will call it forth and they will see their kids come back into relationship with you, right relationships. I I pray for uh, parent and kid relationships to be restored right now. Lord, forgiveness to come. Lord, that things are, are dropped. Lord, because what the most important thing is not what happened, but it's the relationship is restored. And we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Awesome. Why don't we give God a hand this morning? Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.